Amen. Good morning. You can stand if you're able or whatever you prefer this morning. Just, I always say, take a posture of worship, whatever that looks like for you. Um, for those of you who didn't get the memo, just because this might be weird if you didn't know, we're doing a, a little bit different thing this morning. We have a special worship service for you today. I'm going to call it a throwback because we're doing some older songs, um, some things from the 90s, 80s, and then we've got some really old much older ones as well, <laughs> some traditional ones. So we're really excited to share this with you today just for something fun to kind of change it up. And we love to experience all the worship of God's people that has been going on for hundreds and thousands of years. So it's a great opportunity to just bring those back as a good memory for us. So this morning, I'm just going to open in a really quick word of prayer to just posture ourselves. If you would um, close your eyes, just Take a deep breath. Lord, we just take this time to let go of all the things that we brought in here with us. Worries, fears, distractions. God, I just ask that you would help us to be aware of your presence. We believe that you're here with us. And we want to sing to you, not just about you, but to you. Help us to think about the words that we're saying, to maybe bring to our memories some, some good times that we remember times when we were worshiping with these songs, with our brothers and sisters, our, our family of faith, God. Help us to have those experiences in your presence, present with you, not apart from you, because it's not about us, but we want to be with you. And we thank you for those wonderful memories that we have, for the beauty of nostalgia. That's a gift that you've given us, and we thank you for that. And we ask you, God, this morning to help us to enter into worship in the midst of all of the things that we have, that we've brought, the things that come up, Lord, we just ask that you would guide us. In your name we pray, amen.
crushed, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. I am blessed beyond the curse, for his promise will endure. The joy is gonna be my strength. Though the sorrow may last for the night, his joy comes with the morning. I'm trading my sorrows. I'm trading my shame. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. That's a good trade. I don't know about you guys, but I'll take it. We're going to go way back in time for a minute here.
direct your attentions to the screen. We have a video for you. Well, I'm retired Air Force, been Air Force 31 years, been going to this church since 1992. Used to come through here when I was a pilot in the Air Force, got gas and said, I'm never going to live here. This is an awful place. Still here. Um, two kids, one wife, and I'm old. My name is Judy Hand. Uh, I've loved music always. Uh, it's always spoken to my heart, and God has always taught me many things through music. I was a worship leader for about 25 years. As I laid my Bible down one morning, I just felt God spoke to me and said, incite my people to worship. And so that's what I've tried to do ever since, whether from my seat or my pew or in front of the church. Probably the biggest difference is um, congregation participation. It, back then it was hardy. I mean, everybody joined in, and you could really hear people singing, whereas now, not so much. They were more, less spectators and more participants, if that makes sense. I think many times when we start talking about changes in worship, and particularly when we're talking about it in terms of generations, we just approach it more as that people have different tastes, or that we're missing a, a style, or we're somehow melancholy uh, about something from our childhood, but I think it's something else. Um, I think what has occurred uh, that those of us who grew up in the church and are in the twilight of our lives have experienced is the loss um, and the death of those things that were our Christian culture. And so music has changed. Preaching has changed. The way we do church has changed. Um, most of us didn't regret that Sunday night and Wednesday night services may have gone away, but they did, and they structured our lives. So I had to come to grips with the fact that I would never walk into a church again and hear a pipe organ play A Mighty Fortress is Our God and get those goosebumps that no chorus I ever hear in church ever gives me. Um, it's just a different experience altogether. I mean, that, that question, I thought, I really hadn't had to process much because this may be heresy, but I'm not a big fan of choirs. I'm not a big fan of solos most of the time or duets. Uh, I don't like to hear myself singing. Um, you know, 
some of these new choruses, new songs are wonderful. I love them. So it wasn't that big of a change for me. I kind of welcomed it. Um, I do miss some of the hymns. Some of them are timeless, and um, you know, I really love them. And, well, in all honesty, I prefer the newer stuff and always have. And I think it's, it's an experience of grief and something that we need to learn to live with and something the church needs to help me with. It is, I'm not just cranky. Well, sometimes, but I'm not just cranky about this. And most of the people I know aren't cranky. Even sometimes they're angry, but they're angry because it's something going on in their life they don't understand. And I think it's just grief because we've lost it. Um, my experience in helping the people deal with grief in the past is that for them to ignore it or try to work through it by themselves usually hasn't turned out good. And quite frankly, I accepted the changes. I think they're probably necessary changes. And then I just had to learn to live with the difference and recognize that what had made me comfortable, what had helped me feel close to the Lord is just not there anymore. Um, and I have to get e either adapt to what is current or, or just deal with it. Um, because for me, the purpose is not necessarily that worship occurs for me. The purpose of, um, occurs to, or at least public worship occurs, to bring people to the Lord. And same, same with, you know, I, I love Pastor Nicole's sermons, but I don't depend on that alone. You know, I, my private study is where I can really follow rabbit trails and go where I want to and dig deep. And some of the best times of praise and worship are when I'm by myself. There's verses all through the Bible that talk about basically God inhabits our praises. He is looking for people to worship him and praise him in spirit and in truth. It just shows that praise is a joyful thing. And there's all sorts of good that comes from praise in so whether we're doing it as a group here together, which there's a there's a different dynamic when there's a whole group versus doing yourself, but there's a place for both. And it's just the time I think you know God wants us to do it. He's looking for worshipers and he's in our presence when we're doing it. So yeah, we should be praising. Worship for me comes in many forms. Uh, in music, though, it is a song that is declaring the majesty and greatness of God, the beauty and love of Him, His grace and His mercy. And being able to express that back to Him and, and tell Him that I recognize and acknowledge that, I, that's worship. Worship the Lord in my private time. I've worshiped the Lord in playing with my grandchildren. I've worshiped the Lord in hearing a good word or hearing a good song um, or seeing a, a majestic view. So what is worship? Worship is what makes me aware of who God is and that I'm invited to draw near and that I can. But I think it's a natural thing. It's timeless that older people want to share what they've learned and their knowledge with younger ones and the younger ones don't want to hear it. They end up experience, experiencing it themselves. And as they age, then they want to share it with their kids. Well, they don't want to hear it. So it's just endless cycle. So I was the most obnoxious kid you'd ever want to meet. You wouldn't want to meet. <laughs> I knew everything. So, yeah, I, I didn't want to hear anything from anybody because I knew it all. And then, you know, I think most of us, the older we get, the more we realize there's more we don't know.
so much we don't know. And so that those of us who are in the older generation should recognize that the things that are important to us aren't aren't the same. Now, there's probably an overlap, but they're not identical. And we should recognize that we our job is to help nurture and make possible faith for others. And that's much more important than um, feeling comfortable with ourselves. I don't feel there is so much of a disconnect between generations. I don't think there is that much difference between people of different ages. I love old movies. Stuff from even like back in the 1930s. And if you listen to old people talking about younger people, even back then, they were complaining the same way I hear people complain now about young people. There's nothing new. Uh, Young people are young people. Trends may change, but people stay pretty much the same. They just grow and mature. My dad said the same thing. You don't respect me. I, of course, I respected him. He was a fine Christian man. Uh, We just had to do things our own way, right or wrong. And perhaps we got it right once in a while and did it God's way. Everything divides us instead of unites us. And we don't really know people that are much different than us. And then you get a little more familiar with people of all ages and and, um, hear a more variety of what life is like. So I don't familiarity. I think that's a, that's a key. And communication. Communication is the key to all of it. Make sure you're mixing it up with the uh, younger and older people and the children and everybody that we're all family and that we're all talking and, and er- learning about each other and understanding each other. The function of community is that we acknowledge the situations in which all of our members are engaged in. And once we understand them, we help them work through it. And that, that's, to me, is the process of community. So I would say um, be committed to one another, listen to one another, and struggle through it together. I like young people. I think sometimes they think I'm going to be an old fuddy-duddy, but I enjoy young people and hearing about their lives. And I learn a lot from them, too. So I just think we need to work together in better communication and get to know each other better. It's nostalgia for the things that have been meaningful in my life and work that God has used to um, help remind me of who he is and who I am. Um, and I don't, ex- I don't expect my church to scratch my nostalgic itch because what we have today has been adapted from the past. We just the ditch it and pop up out of the ground. Um, what we do is, is an adaptation. And that's part of the older generation's problem. Because it isn't completely different, but it isn't the same. Mm. And it never will. But music can touch you in a way that words don't. Mm. And there, there's a place for me. The, all through the Psalms and everywhere, it talks about music. You know, it's God created it for, I think he created it for us to use in praise to him. Was if someone came in who didn't know the Lord, came in and stood next to you, during the music, would they think you meant it? We need to show some expression and let God know how we feel. I think sometimes people think it's undignified, but God doesn't really care, I don't think, about your dignity. He cares about you humbling yourself to honor him. And But the real key, I think, is, is humbling yourself and expressing to him during worship, during the sermon, during your prayers, during your giving, 
everything about your day, really, not just Sunday, every day should be about honoring him and worshiping him and telling him repeatedly what a great God he is. Um, well, several weeks ago, let's see, I've turned it on, I think. Are we good? All right. Uh, several weeks ago, we um, had sort of what we might call a round table, as much as you can with two people, uh, dialogue about life groups. And because life groups are, in, in, in my view, a very significant part of doing life together and community together, um, we wanted to really have people come and share why life groups are important to them. So it's not just the pastor talking about life groups and preaching to you why life groups matter, why life groups are important. And so we're going to do something very similar today on this fifth Sunday, kind of a special service. We're going to be talking about worship and who better to do that today than with the, the wonderful lady that leads us every week in worship. Uh, but as you just saw, we wanted to get other voices too. Um, so that it wasn't just two millennials talking to you all about worship, but that we're reaching out to across the table to to hear from other generations. Um, because I think what we're identifying is that there is a disconnect at times when it comes to worship music. Worship is a very broad word. Worship is far beyond just what we do here on Sunday mornings. You know that. Uh, but today we're just specifically kind of talking about worship and, and styles of worship and, and how we approach uh, crafting a worship service here at BFCN. Um, and, and we do think it's important to hear from other voices on what worship means to them when, we, when you're talking about music and, and gathering together as a community to worship. Uh, that was five minutes or 10 minutes of of like 30 minutes worth of conversation that was really, really good. So if you saw the choppy, the cut, it was because, you know, it was either going to be an hour of them talking and us talking or just kind of pulling the the, snit, the best of what they had, uh, but it was all really good. And so the hope is that this gets a conversation going, right? That because we can identify this disconnect between generations when it comes to worship. Like, let's just acknowledge that, right? Like, let's not try to ignore or pretend like there's not a disconnect because I think at times we can see and feel there is a disconnect and we can try really hard to, to try to figure out what that is. And I think a lot of times that brings about assumptions. And, and then I really appreciated how Dwight just shared this amazingly helpful perspective of, we're grieving in a lot of ways, the loss of, of what we once knew. And we're just trying to figure out how to deal with that and respond. And I just, that alone was so helpful. And so I hope this starts off um, a dialogue between all of us, not just us here today, not just here, but, but among all of us. I hope that we will continue this conversation. Uh, that is the hope, that's the goal here. And, and we just seek to be really intentional around here. And so that's what this is. This is intentionality today. And so um, I just felt like it would be really wonderful to hear from Nikki about her uh, perspective as a worship leader, how she approaches uh, leading and preparing to lead us every single week and, and hear from her heart uh, what worship is to her. And then we'll kind of dialogue a little bit. Um, and so we're just going to 
kick off this morning. And so, Nikki, why don't you just jump right in and tell us kind of a little bit about what your philosophy of ministry is. Is this on? Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think this is important because I was at a worship conference recently and one of the speakers was talking about how that a lot of times uh, leaders are d addressing, looking at things in terms of like, how do I get people engaged? How do I get people invested in what I'm trying to do? And he was kind of saying that you're, a lot of times we're looking at it from the wrong perspective and that if people have an understanding of the mission, they will want to be a part of it. And so I felt like it was a confirmation of some things we were already planning on having this service, but it comes from a place of like, yeah, if people don't know what I'm doing or why I'm doing it, then how could I expect them to like be on the same page or want to be like, yeah, we're, we're totally with you. And so I felt like it would be helpful um, to just kind of share like the motivations behind like the things that I do. And it's totally an imperfect process because everyone has their own preferences and stuff like that. So like when I came in, uh, I started turning the lights off. Some people love it and some people hate it. But it's like, for me, the reason why I have asked them to turn the lights off is so that you have a kind of a private moment. We're worshiping together and I, I would hope that we can hear other people uh, also worshiping around us and we can see kind of the silhouette, if you will, of the movement of people worshiping, but giving us a, being able to feel like we're not looking around the room, we're not distracted by the people around us, and we're not feeling self-conscious about just like the lights being on and, and, and kind of everyone being around us. Because I just wanted, in a sense, to create an atmosphere that feels somber in a way, like we're approaching God's throne room, you know, like his presence. And I just wanted to kind of set the mood, the tone. It's just a way to kind of make a clear distinction between what happens right before and when we start to like enter into worship. So I feel like not everyone's going to agree with like some of the things that I might do, but really the heart behind it is because I'm trying to help and I'm trying to facilitate worship. I'm trying to make an atmosphere that fosters that connection. And so there's things that have been helpful for me or things I've seen other people do that I think, you know, are helpful for other people. And so there's different things that we might try. But in general, I think that the way that I would say for ministry in general and worship specifically is, to me, it's all about stewardship. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there were some people that I've been talking to and just some things that people say, and I understand because I am really young and, and like you look around the room, right? There's not a ton of young people in here. So I think that as a, as a church and as church leadership, we do want to grow and, and we do want young people, but that's not a motivator for me when it comes to worship. So I just want to like kind of clarify that, that the songs that I choose and the music that I do is not motivated because I'm trying to attract younger people or because I'm trying to like grow the church. It's actually because I think that's an important distinction because mm -hmm. for me, I, I'm called to this body and God brought me to these people and, and it wasn't like I came looking for it. I didn't like throw my hat in the ring and be like, I want to be the worship leader. It kind of just like came about. And so... I felt like, okay, this is the Lord. And that's, I've always been that way. I've never 
been a person to like really pursue opportunities because I have had experiences where I've done that and then it goes poorly and I go, oh man, that was a really bad idea. And so I, for better or for worse, I just prefer to kind of take a back seat and be like, okay, Lord, if you want me to do something, make it happen because I want to know that it's from you. And so in the same sense, when God does give me an opportunity, then I have that confidence that it was God who put me here. And so that gives me that motivation of, okay, how do I do what God is calling me to do? And I'm not saying that God couldn't want in his whole plan to grow the church. But if that's what God wants to do, then that's, it's his work to yeah. do that. It's yeah. not my work to do that. Right. I'm just going to be faithful where God has placed me. Right. And so when I, even though a lot of the songs that I do might give you that impression because I am young and I have my own tastes and experiences and like there's a whole like psychology behind why I'm drawn to whatever I'm drawn to. Sure. But my motivation is to be a good steward of the opportunity that I have. So when I pick songs, when I plan services, like I'm thinking about the people in this room. I'm thinking about you guys and I'm thinking about your I'm picturing your faces mm -hmm. and I notice things like when there's certain songs that we sing that people just really don't seem like they're connecting with it mm -hmm. and so there's some songs that we might introduce and do a few times and then you just never hear it again that's probably because I didn't feel like that it was really like resonating with you guys mm -hmm. and of course that's also imperfect but that's just sure. what the, I can only do what I can do yeah. But I also like will notice that there's songs that people really are singing and they really, oh, wow, they really like that song, you know. And so I will be like, OK, mental note, that song really connected with like our people. Yeah. And so there's also new songs that I do. And but everything that I do, I'm thinking about you guys and I want to be faithful because not for your accolades or whatever, but for God, because I feel yeah. like I answer to him. But he trusted me with you. Yeah. So if I'm trying to, like, serve a population that's not even here, like, <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me. Like, right. I feel like I think about the parable of the talents. And, you know, those people, they took what they had. They were faithful with it. And, and then he said, okay, now I'm going to give you more because you were faithful with what I gave you. And through their faithfulness, there is multiplication that happens, but it was a product of them being faithful. And so to me, it's like if... if God sees my faithfulness and he says, I want to expand like the kind of authority or the favor that I've given you in ministry. Like that is ultimately his decision. Yeah. But I feel like the only way that I'm going to get there is by being faithful. Yeah. And I think that's, so what I'm hearing you say is that your philosophy of ministry uh, is that like you are just trying to be like you're not approaching any kind of growth scheme or, or, or approaching things with that in mind, but it's I'm going to be faithful with where I'm at and with who God has has placed me to to lead uh, before Him in worship. And I think that's one of the reasons that when we found ourselves in the position of not having a worship leader, that's one of the reasons that I felt so confident um, that Nikki would be a great fit for that role because. We had already talked a lot about ministry. She's always been pretty ministry-minded. And so naturally, we've had, even before that time, we had many conversations about ministry and kind of like what we've seen that works and what we've seen that doesn't work. And we're both just really passionate about being faithful and intentional with where we're at and what we have. 
Um, at, when I came to BFC, and you know, just not to interject a lot here, but that's why it fits so well. Is when I came to BFC, and um, my passion, my philosophy of ministry is, I want to steward an authentic community, uh, a community that that loves and pursues community with God, and a, a people who love and pursue community with one another. Not just phony, fake community, but authentic community. And like we are growing closer together as we learn how to better be in community with God. Like that's all I want. And I've seen and read and listened to so many leaders in the church who have approached growth and, uh, you know, just, I guess growth is the best way to put it in the church. And there's all of these ideas of, of what we need to do to grow the church. And and I, what I really appreciate about the millennial um, generation is that it's like, no, like we don't want that. Like that's, that wasn't real and authentic in a lot of cases, right? And, and that's kind of why we see the church where we are today is because we were pursuing something that just wasn't real. And, and so it's kind of like, we're just getting rid of all of that. And we just want to be genuine and authentic and real as we gather together as a community and as we commune with God. Um, and so having that philosophy of ministry in mind, um, you kind of touched on this a little bit, uh, but is there anything else you want to say about how that connects with like the practical decisions that you make each week? I mean, you did share, I really appreciated that, that um, anecdote about, you know, like noting which songs resonate with people. Like, I think that's really important and significant. And I resonate too with like having this congregation in mind as I'm preparing a sermon, you know, I'm trying to be sensitive of the different things that everyone's going through. So that was really helpful. But is there anything else that you wanted to touch on in terms of how that affects decisions you make every week? Yeah. So the songs that I choose and, and like, you may or may not believe this, but I actually am not even really that focused on the music aspect of the songs. There's some songs that I'm like, that would be really hard to pull off, like, just because it's a hard song to play or whatever. Sure. But for the I would say 90 to 95% of what's in my mind is absolutely the lyrics, the lyrics of the song. And that's why like, I could sing a song like we did today that was written in the 1500s, and I could sing a song that was written in the 80s, and we could sing a song that was written yesterday. It, I am picking songs, like I don't even read like the top 10 charts of worship songs or whatever, like they, those exist. I don't read those, I don't look at those. I'm not actively being like, what's the newest song that came out? Mm -hmm. They just kind of like, come across like someone might share a song with me or I might hear it but what absolutely connects with me is the lyrics and so I'm thinking about what is this song saying what is the Holy Spirit saying and doing in our community how does this song connect with that so I hope that helps a little bit because I think that in a way you know everybody has their own music tastes and there's a sure. there's a church side of that but then there's also like just in general right and we've talked about this like in our own band up here I think we have represented like a bunch of different like music preferences that are very contrary like yeah and so I think that you might be surprised that some of the people up here they're not playing th that's these songs are not like the songs that they really like jam out to like there's a completely different music style that they prefer to listen to like on their own time and a lot of times when we're up here just warming up you know like Dave or Kevin will be playing something totally random, like something that's just, this is just a song they really like. And so it'll be, you know, something totally different. And so it's not that 
we like music, we're musicians, but it's not that we're just being like, oh, these are the songs, that, this is the style of music that we really love. I mean, that we can enjoy playing music and, mm -hmm. and trying to like make it sound good to our ears, but I think that ultimately it's about that, what is the Holy Spirit saying to us through this song? What yeah. does he have for our community? And so I say that to say, if there is a song that you just, like, it's not your thing, or you just don't like it, or the drums are too loud, like, I hope that you can be able to still, like, appreciate the lyrics of the songs of what, what we're actually saying, because that's the most important part, and that's the most important thing to me when I'm picking a song. Yeah. And there are songs that I love to listen to um, that I don't do on Sunday morning because it, it doesn't connect, it doesn't resonate, or it's not kind of creating that aspect of worship that I, what, what we're trying to do here. Yeah. And there's great songs, too, that it's like there might be one line that I'm like, I don't know if this, I don't know if I agree with the way this is worded, and that will be enough sometimes for me to not do yeah. that song yeah. because... I want us to be able to sing these songs and like really mean them and for them to really resonate with us. Yeah. Um, it's just a random little side note. I don't know. As I'm sitting here hearing you talk about the band members and the music that, that they like, I'm thinking maybe like a part two, like a follow up of follow these guys around and just kind of see what music they listen to on their own on their downtime. I think that could be really interesting and I'm kind of craving that. But anyways, We'll just tuck that away for another time. It's like um, those shows where they do a tour yeah. of famous people's houses. <laughs> yeah. Like, give us a tour of your Spotify playlist. Yeah. <laughs> Riding in cars with worship band members. <laughs> What's the music that's on? What? Show us the top five uh, pre-programmed stations in your car. What is it? We're the people want to know. <laughs> We're dying to know now. A little I'm very Spotify curious. highlights thing is very fascinating. Yeah. Although worship yeah. songs will show up on mine because I listen to them. It's my job. But there will be some very interesting things on there that. Yeah, have I think you'd be nothing. surprised at this one and the, the music that she. Yeah. All right. So um, I think people would be really interested. I know all about your background because we've talked so much and. Fun fact, Nikki and I have this in common, that we both grew up in more Pentecostal Assembly of God churches. So before my family started attending a Nazarene church in maybe 2004-ish, 5-ish, 2005-ish, uh, my family had always attended an Assemblies of God church. So we have this in common, that our roots are in that Pentecostal movement. And so, spoiler alert, but I want you to share a little bit about your backgrounds, because I think one of the disconnects that we have when we're talking about worship music and worship styles is not just generationally uh, speaking, not just generational differences, but denominationally, denominational differences, right? There's all kinds of, of traditions, and sometimes that blends together in a congregation. So tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, now that you said that, they're like, oh, that's why they're the only ones that raise their hands so much. No. Fun fact. <laughs> so, yes, I actually did, and I did grow up in the Pentecostal church, but what's been fascinating about my, especially my adult life, a little bit in my growing up years, because um, we moved around a ton. And so even though we were mostly, we were in Assemblies of God or non-denominational Pentecostal churches, I've been in churches that had like 20 people. I've been in churches that had thousands of people. And so I've had a bunch of different worship experiences. And so I actually kind of view that as like a unique perspective that I bring to the table as a worship leader because 
I've been in those communities. I've seen different, and the real spoiler alert is that, that everyone, all these people who are, they have different bands, different talent levels, different music styles, different service sizes, different levels of like expression. They're all ultimately worshiping the same God. Yeah. And so that is a consistency that is like, it's, it's, it's less about those things. We can get kind of caught up on those things, but really we're all worshiping God. That's what we're trying to do. But um, especially, but in our adult years, really having been like, okay, maybe this thing that we grew up with is not like just the default. We don't have to default to that thing. So we've also, and Gabriel grew up uh, Presbyterian. So we had this kind of different thing. And we're like, what church are we going to go to? So we kind of went to different places. I've been in Reformed churches. I've been in more charismatic churches. And so I feel like we've seen kind of a variety of different ways that people express their worship. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think of that as an asset, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, and I, I wanted to just yeah. say, though, that because of that, though, the fact that because I did grow up in a very different tradition, um, I wanted to share that, especially when, like, when I originally was talking to Dwight and he was sharing with me about, you know, kind of this grief experience. And not to claim that I can understand what that's like, because it's a very different thing, that those things are kind of just gone. Um, but I could relate a little bit to what he was describing in the sense of, like, not always feeling at home. And I, I feel like because, and it, those of you maybe who have experienced, like, a charismatic worship service might know what I mean, but, like, what I'm doing up here is mild. Like, that's mild. <laughs> that's nothing. That's nothing. And so... But when you're in a room, sometimes even in a room of hundreds or thousands of people, and these people are really excited about worshiping God, like there's an energy there that is just very different that can't be replicated um, outside of like that environment. And so not to make any theological statements about that, but right. to say right. that if you may be feeling in here with the lights off and the drum cage and the electric guitar, and you're like, this does not feel right. Like this is not home for me. Um, I, I feel that sometimes. And, and so I, I say that to say I can, I can sympathize. I can understand. There have been times when I have been like, God, why am I here? What am I doing here? I, do, I don't feel like I really fit. And these people are looking at me like I am crazy and I just don't know. But I, it goes back to what I was saying earlier that, be, and this is really a big reason why I don't push things. Because when I have those moments of doubt, I'm like, I know that it was God who brought me here because yeah. he brought me. I didn't come like I didn't intentionally mean to come here. I wasn't like, oh, yeah, I'm going to join the Nazarene church. Like this, the, like I can tell you the story later if you yeah. want to hear it. But yeah, it was a weird set of circumstances that brought me here. And then like the timing of it. Yeah. And then just really like weird. I was here for a few months and then they're like, we need a worship leader. And I was like, what? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I wasn't even on the worship team. You, know, you guys know that, right? I wasn't up here. I wasn't even a singer. I don't, did you even never heard me sing? A couple of times. Because I'm like, how did you? She Jamming was like out spying the car. on me or something. <laughs> like, speaking of spying on people. Because no. I'm like, I had not ever sang up here. And so yeah. it wasn't something that I was looking for. And so I know that it was God. Yeah. And, and so that gives me that comfort of just saying, you know what, like, these are my people. Yeah. And even in those moments when I have that doubt and I feel like I just don't really fit in, I don't know if I'm the person that these people, like, in their mind, the ideal person yeah. for this role. And I have to be comfortable, like, that, you know what, these are my people. And I'm, I'm just going to, like, have faith that 
I'm meant to be here, you're meant to be here, and we're just trying to like worship yeah. together. Yeah. And we're gonna make it work because we're a family. Yeah. And I know for me, um, again, you know, we found ourselves in the position of of not having worship leader. Aaron Dish graciously agreed to lead us in worship for a whole year. Uh, even though like he shared with me at the end of that time, he's like, it's just, you know, I'm, I enjoy it, but it doesn't feel like what I'm, you know, supposed to do long term. And so he said, I said a year and it's been a year and I'm ready to turn that over to someone else. And I had a moment of panic for sure, because I was just like, I kind of don't know what we're going to do. And and to Nikki's point, I hadn't, I knew she could sing somehow. I think it's just, it's come up. I've stood next to you and I knew you could sing. I knew she didn't have a lot of experience like solo leading worship. I knew she had participated in worship teams in the past and that she knew what she was doing 100%. Um, She might say that she doesn't, but like I knew what stood out to me was her heart and her heart for worship as a participant, if you will, not as a leader. Like I, I knew her heart and I felt strongly like I want that. I want your heart leading us because that's, I mean, that's so valuable to have somebody who just loves the Lord and just genuinely wants to help others approach God uh, in authentic, vulnerable, intentional worship. That's That goes right along with where my heart is. And so it was just this beautiful collision, unexpected collision of, okay, we can make this work. And it has been just such a beautiful blessing. And you have blossomed in this role. And every week, I just feel so confident, like, in what's gone into the preparation. And I get to just show up here every week and and worship the Lord, knowing all of the intention that's gone in and you're leading us uh, in the way that you do is just so beautiful. And, and it's a blessing. Um, if I can, yeah. I'm sorry. I know I've been talking a lot, but that's there was something that I put here in my notes, actually, um, last night I was thinking about this. And I don't know if I'm going to need to explain this reference. How many people in here are familiar with Harry Potter? Anybody? All right, a few. I'm going to give you some context here. So in (laughs) Harry Potter's wizard, and when you you go to wizarding school, they have this thing called the sorting hat. I'm going somewhere with this. Okay. There's a sorting hat. And and so they put the hat on, and there's four houses, and the hat is able by magic to tell them which house they belong in. And it tells them, like, where to go. And it's based on kind of who they are as a person. And like, mm. in general, I think, wow, that would be so helpful. Like, just yeah. tell me who I am, sorting hat, <laughs> yeah. and where I need to go, because yeah. I'm just having trouble figuring that out. Yeah. But I was thinking about in worship, there's so many different, like, just preferences and experiences in our history and all this. And I just thought, man, it feels like we need a sorting hat. And just to have, like, the houses of, like, you're the traditional, and mm. you're, like, contemporary, and, and you're this. And, like, but then I immediately was just like, that's such a terrible picture like that why that's horrible because what it's what we're doing ultimately uh, what we desire in a way is to be in a space that's comfortable with people who are like us but that's not who we are right like we are a diverse community with just a ton of different ideas and preferences and experiences and that's what makes us beautiful yes and our worship is going to reflect that yes but I feel like it's important to note something that I said earlier is that we're ultimately, we all have our own, like, like that song or that style of music that really like hits the spot, but we're all worshiping the same God. And I, I found myself asking the question, like, I'm often thinking about 
what I want. And as a worship leader, I'm also also often thinking about what you guys want and trying to think about what kind of song would they like or would they like this or would... And then I thought, wow, how often do I think about what God wants and just ask him, like, what, what kind of songs do you like? What, what's your preferred music style? I know it sounds like a stupid question because surely God likes all the music styles. <laughs> But it just kind of convicted me in a sense of thinking that maybe we're asking the wrong questions mm. a little bit. And I felt like if we focus on our differences, it's going to be nigh impossible for us to come together in unity, which is what, like, that beautiful picture in my mind of, like, what corporate worship should be is, like I say in the announcement video, with one heart and yeah. one voice, yeah. that we're worshiping God together as one and the only way that we can do that is, I think, by focusing on actually what we have in common. And I love that all three of the people that I interviewed when I asked, like, what should we do about this kind of disconnect? They all ultimately said that. That Stu and Dwight and Judy all said, like, we just need to spend more time together. We need yeah. to communicate. We need to hang out. We need to get to know each other. Yeah. And, and, and Stu said something like, whenever you do that, you start to kind of learn from other people and you kind of start to see also the ways that you're the same. And I think that we have a lot more in common than we think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I love how Judy just said, like, people are people. And yeah. it's like, yeah, like, we're all in different phases and seasons and we're all different ages and stuff, but, like, we're ultimately, we're still people and we, right. we have things in common. Right. And so I think by focusing on that, and I think that if we come in here when it's time for worship and our focus is, okay, I'm going to set aside like what I want and like my preferences and what's comfortable for me. I'm going to put my brothers and my sisters before myself, like preferring one another with the ultimate goal of glorifying God. Like we will have already succeeded before we even start singing Amen. the song. Amen. Because we will have already entered into worship because yeah. that's what worship is. Yeah. It's, it is about preferring the other for the sake of glorifying God, it's yeah. really ultimately it is. We're loving our neighbor as ourselves and loving the Lord our God with everything. Yeah. Oh, I, that brought so much to mind, trying to pick which one to highlight before moving on. Um, I really resonated with what, like you just pointed out, Judy's comment. I thought, yes, at the end of the day, we're all people. We're all human. We all have our... Uh, what makes us us, and that's going to come out and be reflected in, in our styles of music and ways that we worship. I really like what Stu said about how he has his own time of worship, and I just happen to have the privilege of getting to hear from Stu. Like, he'll text me at, you know, 1 a.m. I won't see it till 8 the next day or 6.30 the next day, but he'll say, like, I just needed someone to know, like I had the most amazing time of worship tonight, just me and the Lord. And it was so incredible. And then there's been times where he's probably not going to like that I'm sharing all this, but there are times where he'll come to church and he'll say on a Sunday morning and he'll say like yesterday or last night, I just had such an incredible time of worship with the Lord. And he comes in just on fire and ready to go and, and just so, uh, authentic in his worship and, and his attitude and his spirit. And I am telling you that like, that makes a difference for me as, as I'm coming into it. Cause 
You know, it's just, that's the attitude that he's coming in. That's the spirit that he's coming in with is, I've been worshiping the Lord in praise and in song for 12 hours now, and I just can't get enough. And I admire that. And I want to be more like that. And so I just wanted to point out like these different things that just really resonated with me and stood out to me. Um, I think about the fact that as we're talking about diversity and just diverse preferences, I think about when we're all worshiping together one day before God, like when, when we are all in the presence of God worshiping, like the Bible says every tribe, every tongue, every nation is going to be represented. Do you want to know what that means? It means a lot of things, but there are going to be people worshiping and praising God in tongues, like in different languages, some known and maybe some not, like that's our reality. And so why are we so resistant to the fact that there's going to be diversity in, in heaven as we're worshiping God? Like, bring it on. Like, let's embrace that. That's who God created us to be. Anyways, okay, I could get it's preaching. It's funny that you said tongues, because when you said that, I was like wondering if it was going to be like Pentecost when and we're I in heard heaven. both of them. Are we there? all hearing the song yeah. in our, like the style that we <laughs> oh, want? Oh, yeah. You know, oh, like Dwight's hearing the Mighty Fortresses are God, but like I'm hearing like some other song. You're hearing we're a rocking out version. We're, we're hearing like our own. Oh, Maybe interesting. we'll all hear. <laughs> I like that. That's very interesting. Okay, so as I'm hearing you talk about, and we're coming to a close here. Um, but I hear you talking about just the pressure you might feel. Maybe you didn't say that, but I sense like it must be pressure filled to to try to please everybody as a worship leader. Like as a preacher, I would say that I do have in mind like the things that could be difficult for some people to hear. And I try to be sensitive and aware, but also faithful. I really think as a worship leader, it's just different. And I can't imagine like the pressure that worship leaders have. I've never led worship, so I don't know of just like how to please everybody. How do you deal with that? And what do you maybe want people to know about what that's like? Yeah, the thing that's funny is the number one thing when you talk to other worship leaders and I've been to conferences and talked to like a bunch of different people. And as soon as you start to talk about like, okay, I'm trying to like accommodate like a broad range of, you know, and people are just like, you're not going to please everyone. Like that's just like the first thing that they say. Sure. It's just like, it's, it's impossible. Like, and you're just going to drive yourself crazy. So, um, but that doesn't mean that I don't try. And I don't mean that as like, I'm trying to please you, but I am trying to be a good steward. I am trying yeah. to be sensitive. So I'm not just coming up here being like, well, I, you like it or not, we're doing Phil Wickham. Okay. So just like, <laughs> you better just accept it. That, that's totally not my heart. And I do like, I don't know if it feels like the, maybe the people don't always notice that I, but I'm very intentional about this. And I've been doing this for almost two years now. Every Sunday we do a hymn, every Sunday. And some of them, you know, they're not like the, the, in the exactly traditional style, but I always do it at least one hymn. And if I'm doing a hymn, I don't choose one that changes the melody. Um, if I have songs that change the melody, I don't count that as my hymn. And I do, like we have some added choruses or there might be like an added part to the song. But when it comes to at least one hymn every week, and I always, I do not pick the like versions where if they've totally changed like the melody of the song. So like the music, like what the band is playing might have been updated, but the part that you're singing hasn't been like totally changed mm. to like sound. So it sounds, it's the same words, but it sounds like a totally different song. So like I am very intentional about doing that. And, and I've been like that even when we were before, I learn, learned a lot of the hymns that I don't know a ton, I'll be honest. Mm. I learned a lot of the hymns that I know in my last church, which was full of young people. There was no old people in that church. We were begging old people to come. So like, mm. 
just so you guys know, if you think that I don't appreciate age and wisdom, I absolutely do. Yeah. I absolutely do. Is one of the things that I loved about this church because that was a real felt need in our last community. It was like, it's great having a lot of young people, but we all have the same problems and we all have the same immaturities and we all have you know, all the things. And we're just like, man, can we get some grandmas up in here like to give us some wisdom to just kind of like have lunch? You know, all the moms are like crazy busy and stuff. And I'm just like, who has like an afternoon open? You know, nobody. So I think that personally, like I appreciate having like a diverse community. And if I had to pick like, I would rather be in a community of older people than, than in a community that's predominantly younger. Because I've done both, and that's just, like, my personal preference. Mm -hmm. um, so I just want you guys to know that. Like, I super appreciate. And I'm not calling anybody old. So you can decide who you think. All I heard is that, she appreciates the age and the wisdom. Who that's in that category valued. or not, I'm looking at. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But seriously, I, I just want you guys to know that I'm not up here being like, oh, get some, Lord, bring some young people. Like, right, I love right. you guys. Like, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. And I think that because I've experienced what it's like to not have that. And I know that that's, that's important good. and valuable. Yeah. So, um, but to say that ultimately... It has been really hard, especially when I first started. And I felt a lot of pressure, and I thought, oh my gosh, like, there's a lot of expectation, and like, the people are coming in, and, and I don't know what their expectations are, because I hadn't been here that long, and I didn't grow up Nazarene. So I also am like, coming from where I'm coming from, and mm -hmm. I have no idea where you're coming from. Yeah. And so I'm like, I don't know. And I, I, I had very little frame of reference. And so it was really intimidating. Mm -hmm. And um, you guys were really gracious. And I had the, a few breakdowns. I had some really <laughs> sweet people that would like pray with me while I'm crying in the side room because mm -hmm. I'm just like so stressed out. But I think that it's gotten better for me just, again, just focusing on that stewardship and trying to go back to the Lord. Yeah. And But also, I am trying to be intentional about yeah. hearing from you. Like, yeah. I listen when people are talking about songs that they like or Stu is always sending me, like, this is a song that I love, you know. And sometimes I'm like, I'm not going to do that song, Stu. And other times I'm like, yeah, that's a great song. And, you know, uh, not that long ago we did a song from Elevation called Trust in God. And that one does take lyrics from a hymn and it changes the sound of it. But it reuses um, some of the lyrics from Blessed Assurance. And that song was sent to me by Jim. And I'd never heard it. And he sent it to me. And I was like, great recommendation, great song. Jim. Like, I love that. So yeah. um, I do listen and I, I want... It's not that I'm trying to, there's a good balance. You know, I'm not like trying to be totally driven by like what makes people happy. Um, that's not my heart. But my heart is to serve you because yeah. that's what I'm called to do as a leader. Yeah. And so I, I'm always like thinking in terms of I'm not just trying to do what I want to do. I'm also trying to wash your feet because that's what Jesus told me to do. Mm -hmm. So if that means that I'm going to like make a fool of myself trying to sing a hymn that I don't really know how to sing it. And I know you guys are out there being like, that is not the right note. Like, she, <laughs> get her some sheet music. Like, I'm just doing that. I'm just and then gonna, teach her how to read it. I'm going to, yeah. Then, That's what yeah. they'd have to do to me. I need to, like, I have to, like, literally, I do everything by ear. I'm just yeah. like, okay, Sandy, sing it. Like, just keep singing it right in my ear, right in here. Turn her way up in my ear monitor, you know? But yeah, that's good. once I get it, I got it. But other times I'm just like, ah, I don't know. And there's been a couple of times where people that I'm singing with, you know, have been like, oh, you're doing a different thing. And I'm like, I am. And they're like, yeah, that's not the truth. It sounds good. But like, that's not the traditional like, way that you sing that. And I'm like, oh, man, I've like always done it that way. So 
I've been doing it that way this whole time. <laughs> yes, and some of it, it's like, I, I don't know if I can unlearn that. <laughs> Listen, I there's a reason why one of my, I joke often that one of my biggest fears is that I'll be singing and I'm belting it out and I'm not carrying the tune well and then my microphone is turned on. Like, that's my worst nightmare. And so today, I didn't even put it on. Like, I left it off with, with some of these hymns. I'm like trying to follow and I'm like, I am not following this. I don't know this. And so I just left it off. I was like, I'm not even going to chance it today. <laughs> we don't need that throwing us off. Um, so, okay. but, and I just want to say that something that I've noticed as from being a leader versus being like in your seat mm. is that it has become more clear to me that the enemy like wants to distract us. Um, and that's true for all of us, but it, it, it's true. become more obvious to me because I have to be really intentional because I can't be distracted up here. Like, hello, I'm the leader. <laughs> like if I'm going off over here, like we're all going off. Like, so I have to be really intentional. I have to really fight to like keep my emotions in check, to keep my preferences in check, mm. to not be distracted by the blinding spotlights in my face. And so I have to, I have to actually put, it's, it's exhausting. I put a lot of effort into, God, I am going to worship you no matter what. And even if my ear monitor is not working and the, the things are going wrong, like, I am going to worship you. And, and so I've realized that it, it can be easy maybe to miss that, that when you're sitting in that seat, like, he is just as determined to keep you from worshiping God as mm -hmm. he is me. Mm. And that you have to fight. You need to be ready to come into this room that you have to fight for that because it's worth it. It's so worth it. And yeah. I think if we come in complacent and we're just like, oh, we're going to sing some songs, you know, like it's like the, the playground for him. And he mm. comes in because he does not want God to be glorified. He does not want us to be unified. So if he can divide mm. us and distract us at the same time, whew, that's like, that's like the best mm. five gold stars for him. So he is absolutely going to come in here and he's going to make sure that the drums are too loud or the guitar sounds weird mm. or, you know, it, whatever it is and whatever is the thing that really bugs you, like that's probably the thing that is going to really be like obvious. And it might be the person next to you singing off key. I don't know. But like, <laughs> I would just encourage you, like it has been like, it was so hard at first and just emotionally draining and I think that as I've come to, to learned to come prepared and to come in the right mindset of like, no, I'm going to, I'm ready to fight. I'm putting on my armor and yeah, let's go. Yeah. Once I've had that, it was like, I just, it was like a breakthrough. I, I just mm. had so much, uh, like just some amazing times of worship up here, even when like just everything is against me being able to do that. And, and, and so I feel like, man, I wish I would have maybe like kind of, learned that sooner. I think that I'm a kind of person that can kind of be in my own little world. So it's actually maybe a little easier for me out there. But like when I have something in my ear that's just, you know, you can't be in your own world when you're leading. Yeah. But I would say that would be just my encouragement to you guys to just think about it sometimes in the sense of if you're being really distracted or maybe getting agitated because the music is really bothering you, like, have a moment of just being like, hang on, like, is this the enemy? Like, just trying to keep me from worshiping God because, like, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. Does that no, make that's, sense? No, that's super helpful, I think, because it's kind of like, what's the thing you want people to know? You know, like, that's, I think that's really helpful as you try to manage the pressure that you can feel as a worship leader. Um, okay, we've got two more questions here. 
we've talked a little bit on, about this. We've touched on the unity aspect. I think that's really significant, and it really fits well with the series that we've been in. We've been in this, the midst of this, uh, the book of Ephesians, and the theme of that for the series is unity in Christ. And so I think that that is really important when we're talking about worship. And I think you really hit the nail on the head when you talk about the enemy and think about the ways that the enemy can get in and really divide and, and distract the church. Uh, to me, worship, musical preferences, strong opinions, like that's, that's easy peasy for him. I do think that's a really good point. So what can we do? Um, I, I, I think you did touch on this, but what can we, what's the maybe... For people to take away today, what's the, if you, if you had one thing, I know that might be difficult, but one thing, what's, what can we do to help make that unity possible within this community when it comes to worship? I think it's coming expectantly. Uh, to me, when I tried to really like hone this in my thought, I thought, you know, when I come up here to preach, like my hope is that, and this may not always be the case, but like, like but the best case scenario is that you're coming in here ready to hear from God, that your heart is open, your mind is open, and that what I feel like I have been given from the Lord to share with you and from the word of God, that, that you're like, yeah, okay, God's going to say something to me through this, that you're ready for it. I have that same feeling about worship. And when I say that I pick the songs based on the lyrics, like a lot of those songs are based on scripture. Some of them are quoting scripture verbatim. Like yeah. the songs that I choose are always very scriptural based. Yeah. They're very emphasizing the character of God. Yeah. And um, so I guess my hope would be, it, it's a real bummer, let me tell you, if I spent all week really praying through and worshiping with this song and being like, this is powerful, this message is so good. And then for somebody to be like, hey, that song was way too loud and the drums were really just bugging me. And I'm like, like, I get it. Okay. But like, did you notice that we were talking about God's glory and like mm -hmm. his beauty? Like, did, did, mm -hmm. did you, did, was that totally like lost on you? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that, I guess if there was one thing that I could say that like, just to meet me halfway, that I put so much heart and effort into what I do, just trying to be faithful and just trying to be obedient to God. And I do everything that I do is because I'm trying to cultivate an atmosphere of worship yeah. that I'm trying to make it as easy and accessible as possible for you to connect with the spirit of God. And in some, for some of you, I might be making it harder and I'm so sorry, <laughs> but I, I really am doing the best that I can. And I would just hope that you would come and that when you are singing a song, maybe it's a song that you don't even really like that much because for whatever reason, but that your heart would be, okay, God, what do you want to say to me through this? Yeah. Like, he can speak through anything. He can yes. speak through a donkey. Yes. Like, he can That's speak right. I was about through to say the that. song. So, like, that right. would be my hope, that when we're singing these songs, that our heart, our posture is to say, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you have for me? Like, what? Yeah. Because just like in the sermon, I think the worship experience is also an opportunity for us. It's impartation from the Spirit, because he's so good. He's always giving. Like, he's just yeah. so generous. Yeah. And so I think there's a lot of things that, Maybe he wants to give us that we miss out on because we just don't think about songs like that. It's, it's, it's based on the word of God. It's, it is, I don't want to say just as good, but it's up there. Like, it's like a sermon. Like, we're, we're basically sure, just preaching sure. to ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I would hope. Yeah, that's what it is for me because, you know, as the one who is preparing the sermon week after week, like, worship, the worship, the music portion for me is like, that's, 
how I'm being ministered to. Don't get me wrong. Like, I do feel like God speaks, you know, in, as I'm preparing, like God is speaking to me, God is molding me and shaping me and, and convicting me in my sermon preparation. But I love that I can come, up, come here and be ministered to in song and through the, the worship music that's been prepared. So that's absolutely true for me. Okay, so as we wrap this up, um, the goal here is that this conversation is starting and that it continues. So for people who, for whom this has sparked, um, you know, a thought or a question or insight, or you've said something that's resonated and they just want to talk about it more, what's the best way to do that? Uh, I hope that you'll do that together in your life groups. Life groups, here's a great conversation piece for you all. Um, but if someone wants to kind of continue the conversation with you as a worship leader, especially pertaining to something that you've shared today, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, um, if you have like questions or feedback or just like I said, Stu sometimes sends me songs that he loves. Um, I do have a really easy to remember email, which is worship at bfcn.org. So you can always email me stuff there. Um, if you have my number, please feel free to text me. Um, but um, I'm also happy to meet up for coffee if, somebody, if you want to have like an extended conversation or you really want to dialogue about some of the things that I shared or just anything to do with worship. Um, and then I would say that I, I'm absolutely open to if you have like a, like a quick thing and you want to just come and talk to me after the service is better because before is usually like crazy busy. Um, but my one request would be that if you have a criticism or a concern, I absolutely want you to bring those to me, but not on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. So that would be my request, that if you have a criticism or you have a concern about something, I want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. But like my headspace on a Sunday, like I'm exhausted. Uh, all leading up to the service, I'm really focused on what I'm trying to do. And so it's just like not a good space for me um, to be able to really be present with you and be open to what you're trying to say, because I'm probably just going to be like, ah. So... <laughs> I would recommend, like, just reach out to me. We can set something up. I would love to meet with you, to talk to you. Those are hard conversations, but sometimes they're necessary. Mm -hmm. So I do want to extend that invitation. Like, if you want to talk about something that is bothering you or if I offended you or anything, I, absolutely, we can talk about that. Let's do it. Um, let's set something up and, like, be intentional about making space for that. Yeah. I think that this is just a really helpful start to... Um, and maybe it's it's long overdue, right? Again, I really appreciate Dwight's honesty, like just total honesty of we're just trying, you know, this generation is trying to figure out how to navigate a time and space that just feels totally different than what we knew. And it's not easy for everyone. For some, they're like, okay, let's bring it, bring it on. I'm open to it. But for others, it's just really hard. And so I don't know how else to navigate other than sharing, dialoguing, uh, praying that the spirit would just continue to move in a way that unites us rather than pulls us apart in those differences. And so I think this is necessary and helpful. So let's keep talking about it. Let's keep the conversation. But most importantly, let's be open to the spirit of God that, that is ready to move in this place every single time we gather here. And like, I don't want to miss what he's doing and how he's moving. So we're going to worship again. We're going to uh, the praise team is invited to come, and we're going to transition back into a, a time for worship and song. And I'm just going to invite you to pray with me as we prepare our hearts for worship. God, we thank you for this gift of community. I'm, I'm so grateful that we can just pull up a chair 
and have conversations that may be really vulnerable and difficult, and we don't always know how to navigate them, but God, it's necessary. It's a way that you are speaking to us. It's a way that you are are moving in our midst, seeking to unite us so that we can be one as is your desire. And so God, as that pertains to worship, I pray that you would help us work through some of those challenges that come when we're talking about this worship atmosphere. God, I pray that we would be, as Judy said, humble. I pray that every single one of us right now would humble ourselves before you, that we would approach your throne prepared to worship with with humility, with an awe and awareness of how great and powerful you are. And, and God, we, we ask that you would forgive us for the times that we let silly little things uh, that cause us to miss your greatness and what you are doing. And so God, I pray that as we enter into this closing time, this time of reflection, this time of response, God, I pray that we would approach you, your throne, with an openness. Again, with that humility and with a spirit-empowered love for one another. May your love fill us in this moment and continue to fill us. And may it fill us so much that it's just spilling over and that love for one another grows and intensifies. God, we need you. We need more of you. And so we gather now to worship you in song, to lift our voices. May our voices be lifted high and be united as we approach the throne room in praise and in worship and in glory and in honor, which God, you are so worthy of. May you receive this praise, this thanksgiving, this worship. May you receive it and And as the scripture says, be blessed. God, I don't know how you could be blessed by our mere offerings. But I pray that, God, that it would bless you. Because it comes from you. And it's a gift that we are giving back to you. And I pray, God, that you would receive it with joy. And that we would receive more of what you have to offer. And so come, Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The song is really appropriate song for us to do. Uh, you should know it was the most voted for in a very select group. Um, all the songs that we did today were actually chosen by members of the congregation. Um, the like 90 songs that we did, I had a list that was voted on by the band. I was like, hey, what songs do you guys really miss? And then the older hymns were chosen by just a few of my friends that I reached out to kind of get like some ideas from them. What's a, what's a hymn that you really miss? And um, so this was the most voted for song of the band. And I, it's Heart of Worship is absolutely appropriate, everything that we've been talking about. And originally I wasn't planning on doing a song at the end because I thought it was going to be too much trouble to move the chairs and the whole thing. But you know what? What a shame it would be to miss this opportunity if we've just been talking about worship and what that looks like and what our hope for that would be to not have an opportunity to like try it out and just do it together. So if you would stand with me if you're able uh, or just take a posture of worship, seated, 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 (laughs) kneeling, um, whatever is uh, comfortable for you as we enter into the presence of God and just 
think about the words that we're saying because, man, we could not have chosen a better song.
prepared to go this morning, I want to share this benediction with you from Colossians chapter 3. As you prepare to go in the grace and peace of our Lord, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms through hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And all God's people said, amen, amen. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful day.